You're listening to How To Catholic, Episode 2, How To Advent. It's coming. This is Lisa Cotter. And I'm Kevin Cotter, and we are your co-hosts here at the How to Catholic Podcast, where our goal is to help you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. All right, welcome to the podcast, Lisa. How you doing tonight? Doing well. Great. Yeah. It was a it was kind of an eventful day today, huh? Yeah, for snow. For snow. It was exciting. It's been the first time in forever. Yeah, it was summer yesterday. 80 degrees. 80 degrees on a walk. Gorgeous. And then the high today hit like at 1 a.m. And then it started snowing by noon. We do live in Denver. We do. Snow's kind of a big deal here because skiing. Like we haven't had any snow on the slopes yet. Yeah, a lot of man-made snow going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, eventful day here. But also Denver. eventful day for the Cotter family as well. It was. So it, the reason why it's eventful, I was driving today and uh, we're, I was meeting a little bit uh, kind of a site off uh, from our normal office and it started to snow. And we're like, oh, you know, just a little bit of snow and then it snowed and snowed and it was time for mass. And so we got in the parking lot and I started driving. I noticed it was pretty slick and my car was having a tough time making up the hill. But I found another way around. I was like, I'm, I'm going to get to mass. But then I started going downhill. And as I was going downhill, everything seemed to be going all right. But all of a sudden, my car started slipping to the right. And it's just a one, one way road each way. As it starts to slip to the right, I realize, oh my goodness, I'm going to go into the ditch. And this ditch isn't just any normal ditch, it's 10 feet, it's a 10 foot drop. And so as I start going to the right, and my car starts turning a direction that's not real exciting, I feel like I'm almost sideways. I think to myself, my car is going to flip over. And fortunately, my car didn't flip over, but it did go into the ditch, and I wasn't able to get it out. And my car is still in that ditch because the tow truck couldn't make it in time. Yep, still in the ditch. Yep, noon till now, still in the ditch. That's okay. So we'll see what the damage is tomorrow, but... um, You might be getting a new car. Well, at least new to me car. <laughs> not a, we're not getting a new, new car. Yeah, Need we'll we'll find out tomorrow though. Yeah. That'll be exciting. Exciting is a great word for yeah, it. something but to look forward to. I think, you know, I'm just thankful I'm not wasn't hurt and um, car could have been a yeah. lot worse. Oh, it could have been much worse. Um, it was it was frightening, but uh, hey, made it out, made You're it out here. just right. Yeah, praise Jesus. Yeah, praise God. Glad for that. I'm glad you're not in the ditch. All right, Lisa. So what what are we talking about tonight here on the podcast? Well, it's a little fitting, our topic that we already had planned for today. We're talking about Advent. Advent. The snow the snow does make you think it's yeah. coming. There's yeah. actual season coming, right? Yeah, I've been like in no mood for things like Thanksgiving, Advent, Christmas, because it's felt like September for two and a half months, which has been amazing. Don't get me wrong. I yeah, love it. No complaining. No complaining. But I have like the whole city, I feel like we're all kind of taken aback we, we're just not ready for the holiday season usually starts with cold and we haven't had any cold yet so uh it's fitting to be talk- i feel like I'm, I'm ready to talk about advent i think last week when i was wearing 
you know, short sleeve shirts and going on walks. I wasn't mentally ready. For Not ready. It. Yeah. But now we are. So, so we're going to talk about Advent today. Let's do it. Well, I want to start off just giving a little bit of vision of Advent. I think sometimes when we talk about uh, liturgical seasons or liturgical calendar, when we start saying, well, this is the way we need to live, it's, it sometimes can feel a little bit forced if we don't understand everything behind it. And so I think it's really great to start with, what what is a liturgical calendar? What does it mean to live liturgically? What does it mean to live by these seasons like Lent or Advent? And one place I turn to is the book of Exodus. And in Exodus 11, we have the Passover narrative. All right, so the, the Jewish people are coming out of Egypt, and the Lord commands them to kill a lamb and to put that lamb's blood over their doorpost. But he doesn't just say that. He says that for every generation, this every year on this month, that you're supposed to actually have this Passover meal so that you and your descendants can remember how I delivered you out of Egypt. And throughout time, the Jewish people learned to live this feast day, right? And not only would they remember this event, the, it kind of goes farther. They had, the, they had this document called the Haggadah. And the Haggadah tells you how to live out the Passover. And the Haggadah says this. It says, in each generation, each person is obligated, obligated to see himself or herself as though he or she personally came forth from Egypt. So it's not just that you recall the event, but you actually experience it for yourself. And I think we see this in our church day with the Eucharist as we go to Mass and we experience the Lord's Supper. It's actually a, a representation, a representation of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. It's not a new sacrifice, but it's that same sacrifice that happened uh, through Jesus 2,000 years ago that we actually experience. So that's what really liturgy is all about. It's re-living uh, out and le- re-experiencing these past events. So when we come to Advent, what does that mean for us today? Really, we're hoping, and, and the idea behind Advent is to experience the Jewish people's longing. They're waiting for a Messiah. They're waiting for a king. They're in exile. They're being ruled by other nations. They don't have a king of their own, and the Lord has promised them a king, and that this Messiah will help them really get back on their feet again, that this Messiah, this new king, will help them restart their nation. And uh, so it's really a sense of, of waiting and longing for that to happen, for this restoration to come to fruition. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, that we're waiting on is the second coming and remembering when it is that Christ is going to return to earth and what that's going to be like for us as we go through this period of waiting is another thing that we're focusing on. So really, Advent's this season of waiting, the mm-hmm. season of preparing, um, recalling how the Israelites were waiting, and then ourselves as we are waiting, which is something we forget, I think, quite often. Yeah, so this this spirit of waiting uh, doesn't always seem to go very well with our current American Christmas season, right, Lisa? Yeah, no, no, the whole, like, slow down, be patient, prepare, wait, kind of gets lost in our in our culture today, for sure. I mean, there's shopping, there's decorating, there's pageants, there's cards, there's ugly sweater parties. Fantastic. I mean, our schedules fill up really quickly if we let them during the season. And none of these things are bad. It's not like it's yep. evil or wrong to go to an ugly sweater party. But in that hustle and bustle, the waiting kind of gets lost. And I think just kind of think about the principle here before you get into specifics is just trying to think out during the season, what is it that we're experiencing more? Are we experiencing that waiting and that longing for a Messiah, that Messiah that the Jews were waiting for and the king that we're waiting for to come back? 
Or is our experience more of the world? Is it more of that consumerism, the more of the hustle and the bustle and we need to buy things and do things and uh, celebrate? Which one of those experiences are we having more than the other? Because like Lisa, you're saying none of these things are, are bad, but the, the church is giving us this season for a reason. Uh, there we go, reason for the season. Um, to really experience that weaning. So we don't we want to make sure that gift is is really uh unpacked well before before Christmas. So Lisa, how do, how do we do this well? You have three things prepared for us on how to how to advent. Yeah. Yeah, I think tip number 1, the first thing uh in living advent well is to plan ahead. So it's kind of like pre-partying for advent in a sense here, pre pre-waiting partying if you can do that. So you want to kind of do what you can to get ahead before the season even begins. Because it can get very overwhelming when I think about all of the gifts that need to be bought, all of the cards that need to be sent, the packages, um, just even preparing for Christmas itself, preparing the meal. It, it can get kind of overwhelming. So what we've implemented in our house is really trying to get as much done as we can before Advent even begins. So... For example, I typically try to get all of our shopping done before Advent begins. And most people think that's kind of crazy. It is crazy. Okay. It's well, most, yes, it's crazy. But it's great. Keep but it's going. worth it. Yeah. It's really worth it. And if you can't get all of your shopping done, let's say you're like, I just want to wait for the sales or something. Uh, well, Black Friday typically falls before Advent technically it's begins. It's like Black November now. That's true. There's no, there's no Friday. It's just a whole month of black. Yeah. Yeah, so if you can get some of your shopping done, or at least write your list out, at least know you've got a vision for this is what I'm getting for who, and kind of even just knowing how many gifts do I need to get, who am I getting them for, what events are coming up, and already prepare for that. I think also, too, it, it's helpful because it stops you from those impulse deals. Because mm-hmm. I think we can get sucked in. I know there's been years where I've kind of tried the Black Friday thing. I don't do it anymore. I'm not a fan of Black Friday. But I've gone, and... I'm buying stuff I don't even need, like just because it's a good deal. And then all of a sudden I'm getting people extra presents that they really don't need either. Like nobody needs another like quesadilla maker or something, you know, (laughs) even though it's five bucks. Amazing. Not needed. Yeah. And and then you're sorry, small tangent, but then you're supporting these companies, basically forcing their employees to work on the Friday after Thanksgiving, which like no one needs to work the Friday after Thanksgiving. Like that's. That's just, I think that's when Pope Francis talks about the, the evils of capitalism. That's like my number one example. Like, <laughs> it's the one you always come back to. It is because it's like, oh, well, people will buy things, so people need to work. And it's like, no, that's that's ridiculous. You should just give the p- people the day off. That's how life should be. Yeah. So if you just plan ahead, then you don't need to shop on Black Friday. Yep. And you're probably going to make better choices with the gifts that you're going to purchase. So. And, y- and you won't make the baby Jesus or Pope Francis cry. Right. I'm sure Pope Francis is crying right now over Black Friday. Oh, man. Uh, So shopping, that's a big one to get done in advance if you can. The second thing is the Christmas cards. Uh, I know it's kind of becoming less and less uh, of a thing to do Christmas cards, which makes me sad because I love getting Christmas cards from people. It's one of my favorite things. But we, as focused missionaries, always send Christmas cards because we have our mission partners that we need to send them to. So... We don't just send Christmas cards to like 10, 12 friends. We typically have at least 100 Christmas cards and at least 50 Christmas packages that we send. Yes. Yeah, so so quick explanation, side note. As focused missionaries, we fundraise our salaries. And so uh, when Lisa says mission partners, those are people who partner with us in our mission 
financially and spiritually to help support us. And so we have a, an awesome team of, of folks who do that. And uh, yeah, we send out, uh, it's a great time for us to be thankful for those folks at, uh, at Christmas time for sure. Yeah, and they mean a lot to us. So we always want to make sure that we're doing something special, sending something out. Um, d- do you remember that one Christmas, Kevin, when we made 2,400 chocolate-covered pretzels? How could I forget <laughs> all those pretzels? And when I left the fork in the bowl and put it in the microwave, in that Christmas, we got a new microwave. We did, yeah. No, I, You know, it actually kept working for like three weeks, and then one day I was microwaving something, and it just exploded like this massive boom. I don't think you were home when that happened. I don't. And we realized it was the fork. I've blacked it out from my memory. (laughs) Yeah, it was a traumatic event. Uh, But we did. We sent out 2,400 pretzels. So it's a good, great memory. It is. So anytime people are like, oh, I couldn't get get it together, Christmas cards and stuff. We we get it together. You can do it. I believe in you. You can get out your Christmas cards and you don't even have to do 50 packages to go with it. So that is definitely one way that uh, helps me to prepare better and to be more focused on the season if I'm not concentrating on all of those little details that need to go into getting presents and cards ready. Right. So if we get the, some of the physical things out of the way, some of those things that distract us, then we have more time to actually focus in on the season and spiritually prepare. So transition kind of to your second point here, how can we spiritually prepare for Advent and and live out that season the best way. Yeah, that's tip number two is to spiritually prepare. So there's a lot of things that we can do during the season of Advent. So we are focused on the coming of our Lord and, and working on being patient and preparing. And the first thing is just adding in some prayer to our spiritual lives. This is a great time to read through salvation history. I know it's a fun thing that we love to do with our kids through the use of the Jesse tree. That's something that we implemented when... Let's see, our our oldest was like 10 months old. I made all the Jesse tree ornaments because apparently that was necessary. Okay, so like what, I feel like you have to, the Salvation History, Jesse tree, like what what are some details, like what what do those things mean? (laughs) Well, the Salvation History is the story of the coming of our Lord, the the Old, Old Testament, the whole process of from Adam and Eve up until the birth of Christ, reading through those key history events that happened throughout the Old Testament. And then, which unites well with the waiting piece, right? So, like, we get to see all these people who are waiting for the king and, like, see the story, right? Because the answer, the, the coming of Christ is only, you only realize the brilliance and the beauty of it when you realize the absence of what, what didn't happen before. So, I think that's, that's key to, to keep that up. And then, and then Jesse tree. What, the, what, yeah. The Jesse tree is, it's a, it's a tradition in the church. Some churches yeah. will do it um, in their actual, church on Sunday, you'll see them bring up the ornaments, but it's just an ornament that represents each of those different stories. So you put them up in sequential order and it's a way just for the kids to be able to interact and kind of see the actual process that's going on. Um, yeah. It's kind of Jesse's father, David. So we kind of get to see the descendants, this idea of like descendants of the Jews. Right. And we see these events throughout that history as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. So good. adding in some, I love some those things. Those are good things. So what about what about uh, an Advent wreath? That's like the classic. Oh yeah, we were talking about the Advent wreath earlier. How um, that's probably one of the few things we remember from Advent as kids is we always had our Advent wreath. So that's something I think simple that everybody can do. Sometimes we get hung up on, well, I don't own an Advent wreath and I haven't been to a Catholic bookstore in a long time. But you don't have to have an actual sanctioned Advent wreath. All you need is four candles. 
and you can tie ribbons around them. We've oh, done ribbons. that before. I was like, mm-hmm. how are you going to get the color? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pink feel, and purple ribbons. I feel like it's always fun after Advent because there's always like one candle that's almost done and then like the other candle is like barely barely burnt. Yeah. And that's then, just kind of the fun part. Well, then we always try to like preserve our candles and reverse the order the next year. So then we light the tallest candle first and the short candle. And then yep. there's the two in the middle that just kind of hang it's, out. It's a fun game. It is. Extending your Advent candles is... A fun challenge at the Cotter House. <laughs> <laughs> what what else on the the spiritual preparation? What else can we do? So those are yeah, those are two really traditional ones: the Jesse tree, the Advent wreath. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What else you got for us? There are a ton of traditions actually. If you look up online, there's even some that we haven't really embraced in our family, but I feel like need to be mentioned. For example, the O antiphons, which are um, this is where O come O come Emmanuel comes from. The nine days before Christmas. Uh, it's this tradition of these, these diff- everyone starts with O, and they're different titles of our Lord, and you do a different one each day leading up to Christmas. And then the letters bring together something like tomorrow he comes or something like that, the, the beginning letter of each of the O antiphons. Just kind of a cool way to, if, so if you haven't been doing something throughout all of Advent, you're like, oh, I'm behind. Well, you can catch up those last nine days. You can just do the antiphons really well. Get after it. Yeah. Uh, this is also a great season to be praying the Angelus. It's a great time of uh, the prayer that reminds us of the Annunciation. Mm. You can look that one up if you've not heard that prayer before. It, traditionally, it's done at 6, noon, and 6. So maybe you can uh, add that into your day. At lunchtime, you're going to pray the Angelus. Look it up and have it as part of your, uh, just a reminder in the middle of the day, like, oh, yes, Jesus is coming. Yeah, that, yeah, I love that prayer. It's all about, yeah, that incarnation and uh yeah, what's coming at Christmas? That's great. Yeah. It's also a great time to be praying the joyful mysteries, those mysteries that focus on the infancy narratives, the coming of Christ and his birth. Uh, if you love the rosary, this is a great time to be praying those as well. So that's a great way just to add in some prayer as we spiritually prepare. There's a lot of great Advent Christmassy prayers. Uh, it's also a great time to consider bringing in some form of fasting or sacrificing which might seem a little counterintuitive because typically we think of this as the Christmas season as a time for joy and celebration. So why would we fast and sacrifice at this time? But if we go back to the, the history of our liturgical calendar, traditionally Advent was seen as a season of sacrifice like Lent. And it was a time of fasting and abstinence as you were preparing for the coming of our Lord. So that's not something that the church calls us to as intensely as it did pre-Vatican II, but it's still something that we can embrace in small ways during this season to help us remember the season we are entering into. So it doesn't have to be super crazy, but maybe this is a time where um, you choose something small. Um, Perhaps you're not going to salt your food or you are going to add in some kind of... um, I don't know, some kind of small reminder that's going to help you remember that we're in this season. Do you have any ideas on that, Kevin? Um, yeah, I mean, I think what my overall vision was, yeah, before any great feast, usually traditionally there, there's fasting in the church. But, I mean, similar to Lent, just when you think about what we can give up, um, maybe it's meat on Fridays and we give up meat on Wednesdays. Or maybe it's just um, trying to make sure we're, we're kind to people in our in our speech um, but yeah, just finding, finding those ways, just like Lent, to uh, to say, all right, a little less of me and I'm going to make a, a, a little more room for, for Christ in my life. Awesome. Awesome. And the last 
tip we have under this uh, spiritually prepared tip on how to live Advent well is to add in some works of mercy. And I think that's something that we tend to naturally do during this Christmas season. It's something we're thinking about. You know, can we adopt a family? Can we take something a lot of parishes have, you know, the little ornaments around the tree and you're going to bring back a gift for somebody who's a certain age and gender. Uh, Great time to add those things in the Operation Christmas Child shoebox. Um, We just... uh, put some things together for one of those for Grace's, our, our little toddler's uh, preschool class, um, or getting together with friends and making blessing bags, which are um, just taking different items that a homeless person might need, putting them in a bag, and then pass them out. When you see somebody on the street, um, you, you're prepared. You're not, you don't have to look away or feel guilty. You've got something to be able to offer. So I love this. That, seriously, that is like one of the best ideas those blessing bags because you do get in those situations where you feel like all right i have money to give to this person or nothing and uh just to show them that like we're thinking about you and we care about you and here are some things that we really think could help you in this time and uh i think to show your kids that generosity and to be able to 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 meet the poor they're at and look them in the eye and give them a gift like that is is awesome so that's a that's a winner in my book definitely when i when i think about the blessing bags i always um Remember when your dad put together blessing bags? Do you remember this? I do. I feel like he put... <laughs> oh, did he forget the spoons? Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, we, were, we were all like so impressed. We we're like, that's great. amazing. Like all on his own, he went to the grocery store in Costco and like put together these bags. And we we're like, what? What did you put in the bag? He's like, oh, you know, like some gum and crackers and pudding cups. <laughs> we're like, pudding cups, really? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you know, like like chocolate pudding cups We're like what well, did you give him a spoon <laughs> he said no no they can just like you know drink it <laughs> <laughs> he was just trying to cover up he, he just trying to weasel my dad's the best he's just trying he to weasel weasel his way out of it to, to to still stand on you know to not get knocked down but uh that's you, right yeah. you caught him you caught him uh red-handed without a spoon yeah so if you if you put a pudding cup in your blessing bag put a spoon plastic spoon moral of the story moral of the story here all right so we've uh we physically prepared. We've got some things out of the way and then some great ways. Lisa, thanks for sharing those on how to, how to spiritually prepare. What, anything else you have for us here as we're thinking about Advent? Well, I promised three tips. So I do have one more. Last tip being just to have kind of an awareness that this is Advent and then comes Christmas. So these are two distinct, two different seasons. And I know that there are a lot of kind of passionate debates about this, whether or not, Advent, Christmas, where do you draw the lines? Do you like shun Christmas entirely? Shun unbelievers. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you judge those who listen to All I Want for Christmas is You during Advent? <laughs> I know there's going to be blogs and stuff on, on social media coming up here. Uh, so kind of our take on it is it really... It's it's up to you. You have to be convicted of whatever it is that you choose. It can't be something that you do out of guilt or because you feel like you're a bad person if you, you know, have hot chocolate during Advent or something. Uh, you really have to decide what is what is it that you want to do this year. What do you feel called to, especially when it comes to the spiritually preparing part? Um, and how can you live this out? I think one good way that we try to look at it is we try to mimic as much as we can what's going on in our churches with what's going on at home. So if you think about it, during our churches during this time, like the tree might be out, but it's usually not decorated and lit. 
you know, it, things are kind of still bare. So there's some reminders like we, the nativity's out, but Jesus is missing because he hasn't been born yet. Um, we're singing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, but not joy to the world. So there's these ways that we can enter into this season in, in some of the traditional ways without full on just having a complete like Christmas coma before Christmas even starts. So I think that's really important um, and something that we try to do in our home. So we actually, we do decorate our home before Christmas, but we decorate it for Advent. Decorate it for Advent. We do. What does this look like, Lisa? How do you decorate for Advent? Tell Uh, us more. I know. Well, I remember the first time I saw this, it was at the Shree's house, Dr. Edward Shree and his wife, Beth, and this was in college. And we came to their house for dinner and I remember Beth had decorated the house so their tree was up, but... She had like pink and purple ribbons and balls on the tree and like hurricane vases filled with balls. And I just thought, why are they so weird? <laughs> like, who does that? Who decorates for Advent? And now if you come to our house, we are those weird people. Our house is totally decked out in pink and purple and our nativities are out, you know, but Jesus is missing. Um, I And I actually, I... I want to hone in on this comment about being weird because I think, yeah, this often does come up like, why can't you just be normal? Like, just celebrate Christmas like everyone else. And the first thing I like to point out is, A, 50, 50, 60 years ago, no one celebrated Christmas early. The reason why we celebrate, so if you watch, like, um, different Christmas shows, they're, they're usually, it's a wonderful it's life. It's a wonderful life, thank you. They're They're actually decorating for Christmas when? On Christmas Eve, it's only been the advent of this mass consumerism they have in our country, this push to buy more and more stuff, that we celebrated Christmas earlier and earlier. And then this, the second comment would be the fact that we're weird. I'd say, okay, let me get this right. So you live all for Jesus. You're willing to give up sex till marriage. You're willing to uh, forego so many other things and sins and vices in our world and all of a sudden we get to Christmas and it's like, oh, well, it'd be so weird if I didn't celebrate early. And you're like, what? You're, you, we are weird. We're Catholic. We live differently. Our lives should look radically differently. And for some reason, people draw the line like at Christmas. Like, yeah. nope, that's the, that's the final straw. Like, I'm not giving up Christmas music before Christmas is here. Or like, I'm going to have a Christmas party and I don't care. And it's it, I just find it comical that as Catholics, we'd be willing to do so much for our faith. And then we get to this moment where we're like, no way. No way. And I'll do this, but not yeah. that. Don't <laughs> yeah. take away. Don't take away my, my, uh, I just my think, pre-partying. I just think it's funny. I think, yeah. And that, that the principle that we outlined at the beginning is, you know, ultimately, it's not about rules. It's, and that's one thing I like about Advent. There are not strict rules around it. And you have to give up this or do this or this Friday. But really, that's that spirit. Like, as our church are te- teaching us, what do we want to live out of? What experience do we want to have? Do we want to have that experience waiting for our Lord? Or do we want to have the experience of stuff and consumerism and, and before it's time? And uh, I always tell our kids, you know, we see Christmas lights up in the neighborhood and we don't put ours up. And, you know, we're that weird family. And I, I always tell them we do it this way because we think life is better this way. Not because we have to follow some rule or because we have to do this stuff, but because we really think this is the best way not only to pre- because we're preparing ourselves, but because when the gift comes, when Christmas comes, we experience it all the more. And then we feast. We go all out. We're like the weird people on 
December 29th that are still partying and people are yeah. like, Christmas is over. And we're like, no, 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 it's not. And it's the best because all the sales have just started. Everything's discounted. So I can go to the store and pick up the gingerbread house for 75% off and all the Christmas candy and decorations. And so just like financially, it's a win. Yeah. I get excited about that. Absolutely. Lisa, any, any other tips you want to share here before we uh, sh- shut this down? Yeah, I, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, so yeah, it really, it just, it comes down to you yourself praying about and thinking about, well, how do I want to enter into this season? What do I want to give up this year? And again, you can't be doing it out of guilt or or like feeling like you're not a good Catholic. It's got to be a choice that you feel like this year we feel called to this. Um, and just remembering you can strike that balance of, still, you know, decorating your home for Advent or listening to Advent music, which is a real thing. You can actually do that. There's a great CD, Advent at Ephesus, um, some Benedictine sisters put together. There's playlists out there for Advent music. Um, we can put some of those in the show notes. So That'd be great. Could. There's some great C. John Stevens Advent music. He has great Christmas songs as well, but I love his Advent his, stuff. Yeah, there's like legit uh, Advent also. music. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, just kind of final tip on that is to just be strategic about parties. We've got some friends who they do a party every year during Advent, but they do it on the feast of the solemnity, excuse me, of the Immaculate Conception. So that's the day where we're supposed to be partying anyway. Sneaky, sneaky mm-hmm. Christmas party. Yeah, they're working it within the liturgical year. You could do the same thing with Our Lady of Guadalupe or St. Nicholas's feast day um, and kind of those like uh, Christmas, uh, Advent-y celebrations really living those up um and then really saving christmas for christmas when it comes time and then it's not this big letdown so often you hear that you know it's like oh this big build up to christmas it's christmas and then it's just and it's over whereas for us it's like oh christmas is coming christmas is coming and now it's time to party and that's when it gets really exciting and really fun and by the time christmas is over we're all kind of like okay yeah we're good like we did it we got the party in we celebrated and we really live this season well yeah, and then when Christmas comes, you're you're celebrating those days. Afterwards, you're celebrating the coming of the Magi. Like, it's a party, and it matches the liturgy. We're actually experiencing what the church wants us to experience, and, and in that way, as well. So, uh, let's let's look at our how to challenge for this week, Lucy. Do you wanna what what's one challenge we've got for people to practically live this out? Yeah, this week's how to Catholic challenge. So we're doing a little. Something here at the end of each episode, we're going to give you a challenge that you can concretely do because that's what this is all about is practically living our Catholic faith. So our How to Catholic challenge for this episode is just to pick one way, at least one, one way to intentionally live Advent this year. So we give you a lot of ideas, a lot of different examples. Maybe you even want to pick one thing that comes from the spiritual category or one thing that comes from the category of just separating the two seasons, whatever it is that you want to do, but just pick one thing this year to really try to focus on and live this season well. Yeah, you don't try to do them all at once, but uh, like I said, just, yeah, try, like Lisa said, try one or two or three, and and just, I really want you to experience it. Is this actually better to live this way as we wait and then celebrate later? Uh, Ultimately, I think think, uh, that's what happens. So, yeah, try it out and experience it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast today. We are so honored that you've given us your time. Show notes for this episode can be found at madetomagnify.com. And you can connect with me on Twitter at Kevin R. Cotter and Lisa on Twitter and Instagram at Lisa Ann Cotter. That's Ann with no E. We'd love to hear from you there with any questions, comments, or suggestions for topics or guests. 
And would you do us a quick favor? If you've enjoyed today's episode, would you head on over to iTunes and rate the show for us? This really helps us get the podcast out there to those who are looking for a show just like this. Until next time, be saints. It's worth it. Bye.